In today's unsettling times, it's good to know that Jesus is walking with us in the present and that there's hope for our future. Jesus Today is a devotional from Sarah Young that will inspire and encourage you with assurances from Scripture that God is still in control. You can get Jesus Today at JesusCalling.com or your favorite bookseller. If you have a goal in mind, um, keep showing up, keep taking opportunities, and like whether you ultimately reach that goal or not, I think there's going to be really invaluable lessons that you learn along the way. Welcome to the Jesus Calling Podcast. Our guests this week share a desire to be the best that they can be, but also have learned that God always accepts us, even in our most broken states. Elite athletes turned YouTubers Andrew and Sean Johnson East and jewelry designer Lisa Leonard. First up, when Olympic gold medal gymnast Sean Johnson met NFL player Andrew East, it was, as Andrew puts it, an almost instant love connection. The two had so much in common, from their strong faith to understanding the demands of an elite athlete's schedule and needs. Today, Sean and Andrew talk about the lessons learned from their athletic careers, how their online community supported them through one of their darkest moments, and how they're preparing for a new addition to their family. I am Sean Johnson, Sean East, and I used to be a professional gymnast. Now, I am a YouTuber and work kind of in the digital world. My name is Andrew East, and I enjoy uh, being on YouTube and have a wonderful wife. (laughs) I was born and raised in Des Moines, Iowa, which it was just me, my mom, and my dad, only child. And I was put in gymnastics when I was three years old just because I was a little kid that had way too much energy, and my parents didn't know what to do with me. And gymnastics was kind of one of those things that you just put kids in recreationally to learn the basic fundamentals of coordination and discipline and I always fell in love with it and I never reached a point even at the Olympics where it was like now I need to like lock in and be serious it was always the after school activity I did that led me to the Olympics. I grew up as the middle of five kids in Indianapolis Indiana my parents were high school sweethearts my mom was a cheerleader my dad was a football player and I have two older brothers one who was a professional cyclist who is now a missionary. Another was a football player. And that's really how I got into the sport of football was trying to beat him out, uh, which I I don't think I did. But I also have a younger sister and a younger brother. So I was at the London Olympics working for the Today Show. I went to the USA Cycling Final where I met this cyclist named Guy East. We got to talking for almost two hours during the entire race time. And he just kept saying... You need to meet my younger brother. I think you'd be perfect for him. And flew back to the United States. I was currently on Dancing with the Stars at the time. Him and his brother, his younger brother Andrew, flew out to Los Angeles to meet me, and it kind of worked out. Not quite. You you made me wait nine months between the first. But still, and it worked out. Me. Okay. <laughs> it worked out. <laughs> I feel like Jesus Calling has been in our relationship since day one. I feel like it was like one of the very first things we did together as a couple that was religious. Like I remember dating and we would share the Jesus Calling book and we would like read it together every single day. Um, But I think it's just, it's a great way for the average person to not be overwhelmed by faith. It's like you open it up, you read this one page that 
connects you and brings you closer to God and reminds you of like what a greater purpose is. And then you go on your day with this like reminder in the back of your head. And I, I love that because I feel like sometimes within the faith world or the religion world, people can get very intimidated by it, which is always unfortunate and it's understandable. But with Jesus calling, it's just great to be able to like open up, get reconnected and then move on. Yeah. I, I love Jesus calling because it's so approachable as John was saying, like, not overwhelming. Um, but now it's kind of a good way to start my daily devotion and quiet time where I'll start with that. And then it leads into other things. And I mean, just having a little time in the morning to just sit and reflect, um, is so valuable. I think in our lives and whatever phase of life you're in, whether you're in high school, college, wherever, having that time to like really think about how much you've been blessed, (laughs) how much you have to be thankful for. And then, what you want out of life and who God made you is so important. So we chose August 26th. I think this is like really great for us at the moment because our lives are super chaotic and crazy. The new baby and football and work. But it says, trust me in the midst of a messy day. Your inner calm, your peace and my presence need not to be shaken by what is going on around you. Though you live in this temporal world, your innermost being is rooted and grounded in eternity. When you start to feel stressed, detach yourself from the disturbances around you. Instead of desperately striving to maintain order and control your little world, relax and remember that circumstances cannot touch my peace. Seek my face and I will share my mind with you, opening your eyes to see things from my perspective. Do not let your heart be troubled and do not be afraid. The peace I give you is sufficient for you, which I love. I felt like I struggled with purpose and identity for so many years, but I think it had to do with my career as an elite athlete. I feel like as a kid in elite athletics, it was so easy for me to identify myself as an athlete and strive for perfection and purpose as an athlete. So based on my scores and my placement, that was the purpose that I had. And I remember going to the Olympics winning an Olympic gold medal, standing on the medal podium with a gold medal around my neck and feeling almost empty and thinking like I had given up my whole life for this moment, but I still felt empty and I felt like I should have felt fulfilled and I didn't. And I was raised in a very faith-based family that always pushed a greater purpose, but I got kind of lost just in my career of gymnastics and finding it. So after gymnastics, I kind of went on this journey of trying to strengthen my faith and strengthen kind of where my purpose in life was laid and found it just kind of in my purpose of serving a greater purpose. And now I feel like my purpose is probably as a mom. Sean's career was just kind of ending when we met and my career was uh, about to begin in the NFL. And so it's such a unique position and I'm so thankful that Sean is like very uniquely qualified to kind of be a part of the ups and downs of the NFL. I've been on seven different professional Mm -hmm. teams uh, over a five-year period. And just her being so flexible and understanding that world is a huge blessing. So my NFL journey was not what I was expecting. I don't think it was what Sean was expecting, really what anybody was expecting. I was projected to get drafted as a long snapper, which is really rare. It's not really a position that teams draft for. I ended up not getting drafted, but I got still signed by the Chiefs. 
And I only made it three months with the Chiefs before getting cut. And then it set in motion this whole crazy long four-year journey of bouncing from team to team to team. So I went from the Seahawks to the Raiders to, I mean, you name the team, and I've pretty much been on it. But um, it was really awful at times, I think, right? Like, it was tough, and I wanted to quit. And Sean was super patient and was, like, such a good listener, just letting me vent about, I don't know why I'm still playing football because I'm not really enjoying not having a team to be on. So ultimately me getting cut so often was what got us into the YouTube and the social media world. And that's been like so fulfilling for us. So when we found out we were pregnant for the first time two years ago, it was the greatest moment ever, the scariest moment ever. But then we ended up miscarrying almost a week later and we did document it. And at the time we were documenting it because We had talked about potentially starting a family and like doing all of this, but documenting it for ourselves just to have it as record. And so when we had documented it and then we lost the pregnancy, I was the one who was the first to say, I want to post this. And if you were to know our dynamic and to know kind of our digital presence, I'm always the very hesitant one. I'm always the one that's like, I don't want to post it. I don't want to film this. I don't want to share this with the world. And for me, I had heard about a lot of my friends. My mom had miscarried. I I knew about miscarriage, but I had never been that closely tied to it. And I, I didn't know how to handle it. I didn't know how to process it. I didn't know what it meant. I didn't, I didn't know how to move forward. And for me, the only thing that made sense was sharing it with people so I could hear their stories. And I didn't know if it was going to get backlash. I didn't know what type of feedback we would get, if people would would take it in the wrong manner. But I almost extended it to the world as an olive branch of kind of like, I'm telling you this and I'm putting my heart on the line, hoping you can help me. And it did. It helped me heal so much just seeing how many thousands of stories came back. People who had gone through the same thing. And it was just kind of a way for us to almost like ask everyone to to help us go through it. I would say before that moment, before getting the feedback that we had with such a vulnerable time in our lives, I was one of those that saw social media and saw the followers as not necessarily a good thing. I saw it as always needing to keep yourself guarded and protect yourself from from the world and what you share. And it was the first time I actually saw our community as almost family mm-hmm. and saw so much good in people. Like I know I know everyone has an opinion. I know everyone has a bad day. You know, people will always have those negative comments, I guess, but when you truly need help, the world is good. I think the natural inclination when you go through something traumatic like that is for a lot of people to just like isolate yourself, deal with it personally, bury it, and like hopefully you'll make it through. Mm -hmm. But Sean was brave enough to share that. The people in our immediate lives that we see every day physically um, might not have gone through this, but there's millions of people out there who have experienced something like this Mm -hmm. and sharing it with them kind of gave them the the license to also share their story and it was amazing the feedback we got and there's so much power in community 
and help Sean get through mm -hmm. it. I think it helped a lot of other people go through it. And there's people that approach Sean in tears when they see her and they're like, thank you for sharing that. Like it meant so much to me and, and it gave me freedom. We just had our 20 week ultrasound and, and we're at the point where it's like, you know what? Really all we want is like a healthy mm -hmm. baby, no matter what that means. I'm, I'm really excited to be doing this parenting thing with Sean because I feel like we're going to find out so much about each other mm -hmm. and like learn a lot. So I'm excited about the marriage aspect of parenting. Um, but I'm also excited like about the responsibility of what it means to be a thoughtful parent and how you do that well. And so my parents always told me growing up when I was like eight years old, they're like, we're already praying for your spouse. I was like <laughs> embarrassed about that. I was like, don't, I don't like girls, you know, but, <laughs> but now it's like Sean and I, this child hasn't even been born yeah. yet. And I'm like, you know, I, I have been you know, on the receiving end of amazing parents who were so thoughtful and cared so much to pray about me and like really allow me to live this life. And so we're praying for our child's spouse already. Mm -hmm. We're praying about their college decision. It's like, wow, this is a big responsibility. How do we do this well? We got to start now from, from day mm -hmm. one, really. I feel like the normal couple would be already saying like, oh, we want to put them in this sport and this sport and that sport. But I feel like with us, there's already so much outside pressure for our kid to be athletic and our kid to be a football player or a gymnast. So we've almost taken on like the anti-sport stance and we're just like, We'll put our kid in everything. We'll let them try everything and whatever they love, they can do. And if they hate athletics, I would be very shocked, <laughs> but we'll still like support them and help them go into art or music or become a mathematician or whatever it is that they want to do. We have had the opportunity and blessing of going through so many crazy life experiences at such young ages that I think with a kid, It'll be fun to teach them and see them make mistakes and learn things the hard way and the easy way and kind of like guide them through what we went through, but in a different way. You can keep up with Sean and Andrew on their YouTube channel, The East Family, and meet their healthy baby girl named Drew Hazel. Stay tuned to Lisa Leonard's story after a brief message about some exciting new editions of Jesus Calling, available exclusively at Barnes & Noble. Motherhood. It's a journey like no other, teeming with love, unparalleled dedication, and moments that pierce the very essence of your soul. It's a trek that demands to be celebrated, lauded, and embraced in its entirety. Celebrate the moms in your life this Mother's Day with two beautiful gift books, Jesus Calling for Moms by Sarah Young and Grace for the Moment for Moms by Max Licato. These heartfelt devotionals will remind the moms in your life just how special they are. Jesus Calling for Moms and Grace for the Moment for Moms are available now where all books are sold. During times of transition and unknown next steps, it's more important than ever to cling to the promises of God and to tune your ear to what Jesus has to say. Jesus Calling for Graduates is an encouraging compilation of 150 devotions from Sarah Young's brand. Grads will find topics such as discerning God's will, self-worth, trust, support, and much more. Jesus Calling for Graduates is perfect for both high school and college graduates as they embark on the next chapter. Look for a special custom edition of Jesus Calling for Graduates, available exclusively at faithgateway.com.
Barnes & Noble has exclusive editions of Jesus Calling for every member of the family. Adult readers can enjoy a smaller size Jesus Calling devotional with a calming blue ombre design or a beautiful orange cloth cover with larger print, while kids will love reading their new adventure-themed Jesus Calling for Kids with a flashlight while camping in the backyard under the stars. Order these exclusive editions from Barnes & Noble online and pick up curbside at your local store today. Lisa Leonard is the founder and designer for Lisa Leonard Designs, whose popular jewelry has captured the hearts of women everywhere. Lisa walks us through how she started making jewelry, initially inspired by her son David, who was born with a severe disability. She also shares how her climb to success brought stress and anxiety to her life and had a major impact on her marriage. She takes us through her process of restoration and shares when she finally realized that God didn't expect her to be perfect and how she found healing for herself and her marriage as it became clear that God could handle her brokenness. I'm Lisa Leonard and I'm a jewelry designer. I'm a mom. I have two boys, 15 and 16 years old. I wrote a book called Brave Love that came out about a year ago, and then also a children's book called Your Spark that just came out uh, in October. So I started making jewelry really just as a hobby. I was actually teaching special education and felt like I was going to school and working with all my students and doing a lot of helping them with their needs and then coming home, and I had a baby who had so many needs. And I felt like I wanted to do something different and bring beauty into the world. And I also kind of at the back of my mind thought, I wonder if I could start a little business. I brought a basket of my designs to the teacher's lounge and said, here's a little envelope. If anybody wants to buy something, you can put money and checks in the envelope. And the teachers were so supportive. They all bought my designs. It was very, very encouraging. And that was kind of the start of just a little hobby business that ended up growing into something that I never expected. When my first son was born, he was born with a severe disability, and we weren't anticipating that. He has two fingers on his left hand, and he's really tiny, nonverbal. He needs a lot of extra help. I mean, he is so precious and loved and joyful and silly, and but it really was a dark time, and I was grieving. I felt desperately sad. And one of the ways that I wanted to combat that darkness was to try to bring beauty into the world. My husband got a job as a pastor in San Luis Obispo, California, which is where we live now. And we picked up and moved. We had an almost three-year-old and an 18-month-old. And we bought a little house and I moved the jewelry business, which was really still just a hobby business at that point. I was making beaded jewelry and doing little home gatherings. My friends were so supportive. My husband was a pastor and he was incredibly supportive because we had two babies, one with special needs and one typical. And um, it was really starting to get some traction. Like I would do a home gathering and then all of my designs would sell. And then the next night I'd have another home gathering. So I'd be up till 2 a.m. trying to make necklaces and earrings. And, and then I started blogging, which was, this was, you know, 10, 12 years ago when blogs were really new. And so I posted some pictures of my designs and people were interested in buying. So I would send them a PayPal link and then they would pay for the PayPal link and I would ship their jewelry. And it was super low tech. And my husband is brilliant. And he's like, you know what, sweetheart, we could build you a website and you could process all these orders without having to actually send PayPal links. And I'm like, 
whoa, it could all happen automatically, you know. So um, he and a friend built the website, which was a total game changer. And then right after that, or what it seems like in my mind, immediately after, um, Parenting Magazine, which is no longer published, did a full page article on my jewelry. And I was just a tiny little mom business, you know, working from home. I had one friend helping me and our babies were crawling around on the ground and it kind of just exploded. Like, I think, I can't remember exactly, but I think I was maybe doing like 15, 20 necklaces a week, shipping out, and it felt like 500 or something that that first week, and it was way more than I was used to, and we were really excited about it, and also really tired. I got really kind of burnt out after a few weeks, but my husband, again, he was so supportive and really jumped in to help, like kind of streamline the process and train people and figure out systems, and um, we got people like up to speed and helping us pretty quickly and that was really him because I'm like I just have to work harder I've got to work later I've got to do more and he could really see a better way so once that kind of mellowed out a little he ended up getting more involved with our business and to this day he actually runs our business he ended up stepping out of traditional ministry we really see the business as um, a way to love and serve people but um, he is our CEO and he's incredible working with my husband is amazing. I have a high level of trust, of course, with him, and he's brilliant, and our strengths really complement each other well. But um, it also has put a lot of stress on our marriage. I think, you know, life, life is complicated. No matter what our circumstances, there's so much going on, and there's people and dynamics and feelings and I felt like as a mom with two boys, one with special needs, and my husband and my friends and my extended family, the easiest way to simplify things was to take my needs and wants and put them way up high on a shelf, and that was just one less dynamic. So my goal was to make sure everybody was happy and kind of do what people needed and whatever I needed could come either second or third or last. And I really felt like that was loving. I thought, you know, this is loving and serving my family. I just don't have needs and wants, and I just give, give, give. And eventually, I felt like I was disappearing. I felt empty and desperate. And this was a huge part of what led to our marriage crisis, is I was just exhausted caring for our son with special needs, exhausted trying to be everything to everyone, and feeling like, completely miserable and just I'm like I'm working so hard nobody's happy anyway it's not working especially not me and I just needed some time to kind of regroup and get perspective and figure out that something isn't working and I can't tell what it is and I need some time to figure out what I need because I've got to get back on my feet again that process of kind of finding myself again was really messy, some of the messiest, darkest days. I told my husband that I wanted to separate and he was completely blindsided. He did not see it coming. Even though I felt I tried to communicate it, I clearly communication of my needs and wants wasn't one of my strengths. And he was just so hurt. And one of the things that I wanted most was to not hurt him. But I felt so desperately sad and tired that I just needed some time. So I ended up taking some time, um, a couple of weeks, and I went down south, and I stayed at my sister's house, and I just journaled and walked, and I grieved. And I should say, 
We had been in marriage counseling for at least a year before our marriage crisis and at least a year after and we've been doing personal counseling and um but I just I couldn't I couldn't see through the fog until I got some time to just get some clarity. I really needed space to just think and pray and journal and be alone and during those dark days when especially the day that I told Steve I wanted to separate, I really felt at my lowest. Like I felt so broken and needy and I had nothing to give. And I felt like I wanted to be good and I wanted to be strong and I wanted to serve and I wanted to love others and I was doing the opposite. I was hurting my husband, I was hurting our family and at that low low point, I really felt God say, "Now we're getting somewhere, Lisa. Now you're really showing up and being honest. God can handle our brokenness. He is not surprised by it. He's not scared of it. He's enough to fill that space." And I really started understanding like this is the gospel. Not that I need to come to God with my gifts and, you know, prove that God is good enough that I can be good, but to come to God broken and then he's the one that does the work. You know, we just we both have worked so hard and I think we just were both trying so hard in our marriage with our kids and our business and felt we were missing each other somehow. And kind of through that breaking down and rebuilding I feel like we've become so much stronger. The process is so messy, but the result is really beautiful. Um when David, our oldest son was born, I really felt um the verse deeply that we are knit together in our mother's womb and loved by God and known by God and there's there's no surprises, you know? God knows who we are and he's not overwhelmed by us. He's not afraid to go to those dark places with us and there is such acceptance and peace and love in our relationship with God. I really thought God wanted me to be good and through this experience realized God already knows my heart. He already knows that I'm not good all the time, you know. and the good in me is because of god but i i have all this range of emotion and thoughts and i hurt people and i need things and i'm broken and god is not surprised by that i think for a person like me raised in the church who's been exposed to the bible so much jesus calling is such a beautiful perspective and was really helpful for me I downloaded the app on my phone because, you know, I'm on the go and I thought if I have a minute or two, I can just do the daily Jesus calling reading on my phone and it really worked with my schedule. Jesus calling is such an easy, beautiful way to infuse some of that biblical perspective and just peace. There's so much grace, there's so much room, and I really believe that's what Jesus wants for us. I'm reading Jesus calling um November 13th. and it says i am christ in you the hope of glory the one who walks beside you holding you by your hand is the same one who lives within you this is a deep unfathomable mystery you and i are intertwined in an intimacy involving every fiber of your being the light of my presence shines within you as well as upon you i am in you and you are in me 
Therefore, nothing in heaven or on earth can separate you from me. My favorite part of this passage is the light of my presence shines within you as well as upon you. And I love that it says, you and I are intertwined in an intimacy involving every fiber of your being. And I love that every fiber of your being, and I love that God's light is inside us. It's been an interesting journey of realizing I wanted to write a book and getting an agent and then a contract. And um, and then writing the book is a whole other thing that was terrifying and overwhelming. And I had times where I was like, why did I ever agree to this? I would just get so stalled out because I'm like, this is too dark. I can't tell this story. Like, this is a journey and it's messy and real. It's not bad, but it is really hard. And that's really my hope is that Someone who maybe feels alone can read my story and realize they're not alone. They're not crazy. My oldest son, David, is 17 now, and he he's small. He's about the size of an eight-year-old, and also he is developmentally delayed, but he loves being read to. And one of the things we love doing with him is reading with him. So I really wanted to write and illustrate a book that would reflect David's love for reading that I could read with him and also my other son, Matthias, who's older now. But um, I wanted him to get that message as well. So the children's book is called Your Spark. And it's really about how each of us has a light inside of us that is given to us from God. And it's one of a kind. And it's our light in the world. And we can shine our light. And I really believe that David, who has a disability, has such a unique, beautiful light. My deep hope is that kids will be encouraged by this book and also moms and dads and grandparents and sitters that each of us has our own light and we bring that to the world and it's truly one of a kind. I think whatever it is, we all have those nagging fears of am I enough the way that I am? Am I love for who I am? Am I just taking up space and inconveniencing people or whatever the fear is that we face? And I wanted to be honest about that. I wanted to talk about, let's just be real, like being a mom is hard. And, but we love our children passionately. And I wanted to create jewelry that could capture, like, wear your kids' names next to your heart all day long. And you don't have to be perfect. This is a journey. We don't have it all figured out. And there's grace. And so this is love, right? That we don't do everything perfectly, but we're in it together and we love each other and we forgive each other and we're honest with each other. And that is so much the heart behind why I create and what I hope that other women can see in the jewelry. To learn more about Lisa's jewelry and her books, including her beautiful new book called Be You, visit lisaleonard.com. If you'd like to hear more stories about how God's grace brings wholeness and healing to our lives, check out our interviews with the women of the Next Door Treatment Facility. Next time on the Jesus Calling Podcast, we speak with actor and humanitarian Gary Sinise. In the nearly three decades since his portrayal of the character Lieutenant Dan in the film Forrest Gump, Gary has supported thousands of servicemen and women and their families. But he remembers a particular moment where God called him to a new level of service. Now, September 11th was a Tuesday. Uh, President Bush declared that Friday was going to be a national day of prayer for the nation. And we went to our little church, and I came out of there with this feeling that I was going to be called to do something 
to help this situation. And having veterans in my family, having been involved with supporting Vietnam veterans, I knew that service would help heal that broken heart that I felt. Do you love hearing these stories of faith weekly from people like you whose lives have been changed by a closer walk with God? Then be sure to subscribe to the Jesus Calling Stories of Faith podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you like what you're hearing, leave us a review so that we can reach others with these inspirational stories. And you can also see these interviews on video as part of our original web series, with a new interview premiering every other Sunday on Facebook Live. Find previously broadcast interviews on our YouTube channel, on IGTV, or on JesusCalling.com slash video.